Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel, and welcome to the number one player in the 50 most relevant. Yep, for 50 days in a row, you've been hearing my voice. I am so sorry, my friends, for that. But we've been talking through who I think are the most relevant players across Supercoach, Dream Team, and AFL Fantasy for your 2021 season. Number one, Jake Lloyd. Do you have him in your side? Oh, I'm nervous for you if you don't. We'll talk about that and some of what he's been doing over the past few years. For this final episode of the 50 Most Relevant, I don't just have one guest on. I've got two fellow panellists. Yes, it needs a triple effect to talk about Jake Lloyd. i got Kane on. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. You've made it. You're going to sleep so well tonight, I bet. You've done I, it. Another I, year of the 50 in the bag. I will see my wife and kids now, which is fantastic. <laughs> and i got last year's dream team winner. I've got Rids on. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, Mark. How are you? Oh, good. We're at number one. We are here. We've made it. Let's talk about Jake Lloyd. Before we do it, a massive thank you to all our Patreon supporters who have helped us through this preseason so far. And a massive thanks to a couple of brand new Patreons. Adam and Furkan have just joined in the past few days. Thank you for your incredible support. They've joined at that premium tier level. You can join that too at coachespanel.tv. All right. He, my friends, Jake Lloyd, is one of the best players in fantasy footy we've seen in a real long time. Just the 27 years old, this defender, he had his best score last year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team as a 120 unadjusted against the Port Adelaide Football Club while in Supercoach. It's a 157 against the Hawks. You go, oh, felt like he was better than that. He was. He pretty much scored that every single freaking week. From a career perspective, his best ever score came just a couple of years back against the Fremantle Dockers. In AFL Fantasy, it was 163, while in Supercoach in 2018, it was a 173 against Fremantle. In AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, he's priced at an average of 91.4 or adjusted up if you want to multiply it by 1.25, which AFL Fantasy have done. That would mean he's priced at his highest ever point based on that average of 114.25 while in Supercoach. A career year for him. 122. Not bad. He's priced just over $650,000 in Supercoach. $873,000 in AFL Fantasy. And just about $5,000 shy of Dream Team. And Rids, we talk about players often on these podcasts that not just take seasons away from you, but can give you incredible moments of satisfaction as a fantasy footy coach. And while he might not have been the top scoring player overall last year, there were not many that could p- compete with the ability and the performances of Jake Lloyd last year. Sorry, mate. I must've got the wrong email. I thought you said it was Daniel Lloyd. No, sorry. Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry. I sorry. did my research for yeah. Daniel Lloyd. Thinking, Geez, that's a surprise. I was told no. Lloyd make it. Uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Every chance. Oh, and what a surprise. Jake Lloyd. Who would have thought it was Jake Lloyd? Um, yeah, he could take a season away from you very quickly, can't he? He he really truly can. Kane last year he ranked first in the league per game for effective disposals, first for kicks, 
fourth for rebound 50s, fifth for meters gained, 11th for intercepts per game. We'll talk about his fantasy breakdown in a moment, but those are just the scoring components and the scoring categories of what he can do. So that even if for whatever reason, there's a quiet patch of 10, 15 minutes in a game where you're like, the horse one's dominating the ball through the mids and the forwards. It's not down back too much. Just that way he builds his scoring he's always just moments away from stacking on 10, 20, 30 points in a matter of minutes. He's a hungry player, MJ, I'll tell you that. He's a hungry player. He loves the ball. He loves getting the ball in his hands, whether it's a kick out, a handball receive. Um, he's that burst scorer. Again, if you've watched him as an owner, you know, you're watching him going, geez, is this going to be that quiet game? And then two minutes later, he's added on 30 points. And I think conversely, people that are waiting for that slow game to get on and going, yes. Lloyd's at, you know, 40 halfway through the third quarter. And what always happens, he always seems to get to the ton and uh, 16 straight super coach tons to end the season. You think about that when we had a large break after round one, he came back from that and was just insane. Like just week on week and even in super coach started taking that ceiling, which is obviously what you need when you're going to average 120 plus, but just his big games and the consistency of 130 plus that was the thing we haven't seen from Lloyd. You know, he's usually that guy that hovers around the low hundred with a game here or there. Yeah. But again, he became a genuine captaincy option, which only hurt coaches didn't have him that little bit more. It's crazy. You talk about that. That Round one against the Adelaide Crows pre-COVID Briar, 55 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 77 in Supercoach. That's his seasonal lows across all the formats. Gets back from that COVID break. And like you said, Kane in Supercoach, 16 tons in a row. Nine of them were over 120. Four of them over 140. No other player scored that many consecutive tons on the run home in Supercoach. He was the clear number one defender for averages and for points. And like clearly, like the second place guy was Luke Ryan. He was 253 points ahead of him. Third place was Lockie, uh, was Rory Laird. He's almost 300 points ahead of him. He ranked fourth across the entire league for total points. He was one of only six players to score over 2,000 points. And he ranked fifth for averages overall. Only Max Gorn, who we spoke about yesterday with Jimmy, Lockie Neal, Jack Steele, and Clayton Oliver in Supercoach averaged higher. At Rids, we'll talk about Dream Team in a second. But this is not just elite defender scoring. This is not just captaincy scoring option. This is among the best fantasy players in the game last year from that super coach scoring format. So crazily, to find someone that you're really confident to take him on with, look at his price. He's 656000 in super coach. So you've got to spend an extra 100000 to go to a max score. Yeah. And, I mean, pretty much he's he's in the ballpark, you know what I mean? Yeah. But otherwise, you've got someone like a Brody Grundy. So you think, oh, well, Grundy might be the guy. He's the same price as Lloyd. So you're not even <laughs> saving any dollars. Like, so I know people are always encouraging, you know, I'm going to take him on, I'm going to take him on, I'm going to take him on. But the reality is this guy is just a jet. It's scary. And I'm going to get both of your take in a little bit of time uh, as we get towards the end of the episode and I ask the question, can well, okay, you can take him on? Should you take him on? That is maybe a better question we'll ask. From a dream team and AFL fantasy perspective last year, an average of 91.4, adjusted average up in that format, up to 114. Six pure tons. Remember, shortened quarters. An additional three 
um, eight scores, sorry, between 80 and 99. 80 was the 100 of 2020 in these scoring formats. And just three times all last season did he not reach that 80 marker. The clear defender for price, for averages and for points in that format too. He was 87 points ahead of Lockie Whitfield, who was second. And then there's a massive gap into third, another 196 points ahead of Rory Led. And again, both these players played the same amount of games. Ranked fourth for overall total points in Dream Team and Fantasy last year. He scored more than Brody Grundy. He scored more than Jack Steele, more than Zach Merritt, and more than Jackson McRae. And was ranked inside the top seven. Yet we're not going to count Luke Dunstan's 100. He was ranked inside the top seven players in those formats, Kane, for averages as well. We're getting a genuine, not a midfielder playing in defense like we might be getting with Rory Laird this year we're getting a genuine defender who for not just 2020 but for 2019 has shown he's durable he's got a high scoring floor he's now this year shown he's got a ceiling there's just not much to not like about Jake Lloyd yeah I wanted to just flag him when you're reading out those total point numbers in DT, don't forget, you got to do the 1.25 to that as well. Because he's okay. putting, you know, 100 points on them in a shortened game, 250 points on them, you know, on like the third place guy. Like, you start doing the math on that. Like, it just showcases the real void that he had between the next tier of defenders. You mentioned the durability. Missed one game in five seasons. Since 2016, like, yeah. Like, we know how important that is. The fact that he's improved his average every year since he's come into the competition is insane in DT. There's only one year in Supercoach where he's actually regressed. He regressed from a 112 to 109. Oh no. Which is just disastrous. You know, that would have derailed everyone's season if you picked him <laughs> at the start. Like you can't fault him in my mind on the stats because durability is near on perfect. The floor is as good as it gets. Yeah. The ceiling's now rivaling midfielders. Mm. And there's no way he can fall out of the top six backs you know, probably even the top two or three, really. You know, if Lloyd, if Whitfield and Laird had their best ever seasons, sure. you know, they got the roles they need, maybe they can challenge. But if that's the case, then all three of them collectively are 15 to 20 points ahead of sixth place. So I think the only real way you can challenge a guy like this is by being a contrarian for almost contrarian's sake, hoping that if everyone's going with Lloyd, yeah. Maybe I can set myself apart. Maybe you're having to rely on an injury, which for this guy, you're going to be lucky to get one within a hundred games. And if it is, he's going to miss one game. So I think you have to love someone else. Rids mentioned a few guys in super coach that, you know, maybe could challenge him. Sure. Um, you're not going to be getting much value. Really. You're probably gonna to have to be paying something comparable to get a comparable score. Cause that's just what he does. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point. Normally on these episodes, and, and Kane, you've spent a lot of time with me over the past uh, month and a half talking about this, Rids yourself as well, behind the scenes, doing a, a power of work, helping me on this 50 most relevant. Generally, when we get to this point in time in the episodes, we start going, okay, cool. Let's just not gush over this player that's popped for a number of years. Let's genuinely critically analyze where you can build a case for not going with him. Because right now, in terms of ownership percentage in Supercoach, 49% of coaches own him in that format. In Dream Team, 37% of coaches own him in that format. And in AFL Fantasy, it's the lowest of them all, 28% of coaches own him in those formats. So 
he's not the most owned player, but he's up there in, in that line. Generally, Rids, when we look at reasons for not picking a guy, we might start to look at some comparable players in other lines or even in the same line. But is there a way to build a case for you not to start Lloyd outside of, as Kane just alluded to, of the I'm going to take him on and hope and not have data behind it, not have reasoning behind it, but hope is really the reason. Is there a way we can build a case to go against Lloyd this year? Okay, so super coach, I can't make any case. So I'm not even going to go to super coach. Dream team, however, and I suppose AFL fantasy to a point, if I was looking at starting Proust as my R2 this year, now roughly, let's just roughly look at figures, okay? I'm going, well, now that Proust is out, you know, for five months. Well, you know that now. The news came out. Yeah, shoulder reconstruction. Yeah, he's done. It happens. We know, okay, and it's highly likely he's probably going to even be a little bit longer than that. Yeah. Now, let's just go, who is comparable in price in defensive line? Let's say a Miller, okay? Sure. Now, if I need to go someone like that, maybe I go Gorn or Grundy, you know, as a set and forget ruck setup, remove from Proust and include Miller in the back line. So you're looking at, say, a Grundy and Miller combination, but it's got to be done in combination. Yes. So I can do that across multiple lines, okay? I just thought Proust was the best one to call out there because he had a high ownership. So yeah, yeah, yeah. people are going to be looking to make those changes. The reality of that is, though, if you don't start Lloyd, how are you going to get him in? So, like, I mean, it's that's I'm only just picking at it a little bit. Okay? Sure. Now, AFL Fantasy, there's going to be people out there, and I'm 100% guarantee you when this goes on Facebook and Twitter and everyone else, everyone's going to say, oh, there's no upside, there's no upside, he's, there's no value, da, 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 da. So AFL Fantasy, people are just going to go with their own approaches anyway. Sure. So there is an option there, but again... How are you going to bring him in? At some point in time, yeah. Jake Lloyd needs to be in your team this year. Yeah. So I, I, think I find it. it hard, mate. I really do. Uh, yeah. It's, it's... Gonna... Sorry, man. No, no. I was just going to end and say, I just think sometimes we get a little bit too cute across the formats, especially in the um, limited trades for Supercoach and Dream Team. And yeah. sometimes we look at trying to pick someone up in the case of 50,000, 100,000 if they drop in value. Don't lose sight that if your overall focus or your league focus, it's irrelevant. What you're looking for is points. If you're yeah. not picking Jake Lloyd to make 200,000 to bring someone else in and cash them in, you're not picking Jake Lloyd because you want to maximize your points for the whole season. Correct. So I just find it very hard to argue against it. That's all. That's, that's fair enough. Kane, let, let's look through his fixture then. Again, let's see if there's a place there. I'll walk you through each game for the first, let's go eight weeks. He's a part of the dreaded round 14 by, but again, um, if you believe he's as good as we think he's going to be, he's one of the first pick that's coming off that bunch of teams anyway. Let, let me walk you through, and I'm keen to get your kind of initial reflection on each team. Round one, Brisbane Lions. How do you think that plays out for it? 
you wouldn't think Sydney would win. But the other thing I wanted to add, MJ, as well, and this guy is he barely has a win-loss differential scoring-wise. Like, it's just, it's the same thing. So, again, you'd think Brisbane win, um, one of the most inaccurate teams in the league. So, there's probably going to be a few kickouts for old Jake. And um, to be honest, I think they're past the point of tagging a guy like Jake Lloyd with a Ford tag. So, I'm I'm pretty comfortable that that's a decent score there. Yeah, no, okay. Well, that's that's fair enough. And again, you know, the expansion of of the 15-meter rule from 10-meter rule just further opens up the ability to take on and play on from kick out. So there's no one that's coming to that team that I believe is a superior player and distributor over Lloyd. So I think that's going to hold next team. They come up against the Adelaide Crows. How does that go? He had his worst score against them last year. So if you want to read into recent form against them, you'd maybe be a little bit hesitant, but I think um, that was the first game of a whole new scoring and also a whole new um, game. We had shortened quarters, and it's pretty clear that when he came back, um, he adjusted pretty well. So I'm going to – round one can be a bit weird. I think we've all had situations where we've moved off a player after round one or two because we thought we saw something that maybe wasn't there or didn't last. Um, So, again, I'm not overly scared of um, his chances of scoring well against the Crows. In the third round, um, you don't need to do anything about this, Kane. I, I got this one covered. Round three, they take on the Premiers, Richmond, and they will happily just let defenders rack up points and switch from end to end. They don't care if you want to possess the ball in their attacking half. Fine. Richmond have been the easiest team to score against for defenders, I, probably since their breakthrough Premiership of 2017. And so I don't even need to ask you about that one. I know. That's fine. Round four, Essendon. What is else it okay if we read? If, is it okay, if MJ, if we read between the lines and say you're not really worried about the fixture? Can you yes. give me a game in this first eight that you're maybe concerned about? Oh, maybe because the way you're setting it up, it sounds like he's got a pretty maybe good run. round seven against Geelong at the SCG. Why is maybe? That? Well, I think it's only if Geelong play that same deny the opposition of the ball and heavy possession footy. Now, again, that didn't work for them on the grander stage. They made some big adjustments to that side with Higgins, with Smith, and also Jeremy Cameron. So there might be an evolution of that game style through there. But for me, that's the only team in the first eight weeks I'm concerned about. He's got a really nice early fixture with an inaccurate Brisbane, a developing Adelaide, and a premiership team that will just let you overpossess the ball in their forward half. And so I don't see, as best as we can forecast, I don't see a scoring regression. I don't see anyone that's coming to that side that's going to deny him of the ball. None of those teams really play a forward tag on any of their defensive targets and options. If anything, it's probably rampy. You'd probably try to stop him from intercepting rather than Lloyd setting up. So I don't know. And, and again, at his price point, I just, it's just, I don't know. I just can't build a case to not pick him in every format. Um, I just, I got nothing. You got to have something, Reeds, something off the shelf. No, no, I was actually going to throw in with the um, naming of the teams the day before games as well through the rounds, you need guys who are absolutely durable. Now, yeah. if you're looking for the value options, okay, in the defensive lines, now I'll just do it as defensive lines. I know I always encourage people to look across the whole team yeah, and everything sure. else, but let's just look at defensive lines. 
Lloyd is as durable as they come. If you want to go to the value options, okay, there's a reason why Williams is value because he's had a bit of a his, injury history. There's a reason why guys like Miller are, are so cheap because they have had an injury history. Yeah. If you go through them all, Doherty was sore last year. Jeremy Howe was injured last year. I mean, outside of Laird and Lloyd, I mean, I just... I mean, Laird's even missed games, you know, from year to year. Whitfield's injured. Sicily's out. I mean, it just doesn't stop. Like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't be looking at a Jake Lloyd right now and going, look, there's an easy... Last year, he got, what, 2,000 points in Supercoach, you know, yeah. a little bit less than in the other formats. There's an easy way to bank 2,000 points for my season over the 17 rounds. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit more with 22 rounds this year, but who knows with COVID. Yeah. Um, the reality is, just don't get too cute with this. Like, and I'm, I'm the guy who encourages people to think outside the box and everything. Here yeah. I am going, guys, I just think this is a no-brainer. Just lock it in and just work out your other cute areas. I think that's it, isn't it? Is we want the best players in every line to play for as long as possible. And and barring injury, I don't see a world where Lloyd regresses so far that the investment of making him in your team now costs you. And so, yes, he might not pop at a 122. He might go at a 118 in defence. That's still clear and above the top defender unless Laird or Whitfield have incredible seasons. Uh, Even if he drops back to a 108 um, defender like he was just 12 months ago in Dream Team and Fantasy, who's going to choose to go against him for a long period of time? Like Rid said, I, I just go with your starting squad, I want to build around the best available players. There's no injury concern. There's no role concern. There's nothing other than I want to be unique for the sake of it is a reason to go against him. That's why for me, when I came down to creating this list of the 50 most relevant, to say someone's a must-have is dangerous because it means you cannot succeed without that person. But I think in 2021, barring injury, it's going to be really difficult for you to succeed from an overall rankings perspective to have Lloyd not in your side for the vast majority of the year. So for me, he's a lock in all my sides, in all the formats to start. And it sounds like for you boys, he's the same too. So that's why he's the number one most relevant player. But where does he go in drafts? Yesterday on the episode, Jimmy made the claim, which some would have thought, well, then why is it number one on the most relevant? Well, because it's probably more salary crap cap relevant than it is what we go for. But he said Max Scorn for him was the number one pick in all formats of draft. Where's Jake Lloyd ranked for you boys? Kane, maybe we'll go with you first, man. On draft day, what pick are you going to go after Jake Lloyd? He's probably three in DT and yep. maybe four in, in Supercoach. But at the same time... He's got the ability to go up to two, I would say. You know, with Grundy, if something came out about a different little ruck share or something along those lines, yeah, um, he could get that bump. Uh, I'm taking him. Only guy that maybe can jump him out of Grundy and Gorn is is Neil in Supercoach. Yeah. Um, I don't have any midfielder even close to him in DT. Um, yeah. As I said, we always give about 10 points grace to a defender or a forward and 
this guy's you know going right with the best mids without even taking that into account. Perfect yeah, durability. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he goes past three in a DT draft, I'm a little I'm bit sure. surprised. If he goes past four, I'm surprised. Again, some people will take Neil, which is sure. fair enough. But if it's past four, I'm I'm totally shocked. What about you, Rids? Are you in a pretty similar vein of where Kane's at? Yeah, I think this year's just um, a really interesting year for drafts, isn't it? Um, yeah. We discussed it a little bit earlier on. I just think there's two or three rucks that are so far ahead of everywhere else that they pretty much make up like the first five picks. And then you've probably got Lloyd in the mix. Yeah. And, you know, potentially, whether it's a dream team one, you might have side bottom. If it's a super coach, O'Neill. Yeah. But yeah, he's in the top five. It's, that's just a no-brainer, I would have thought. Yeah, I, I think if you've got a pick in the back half of the opening round, Lloyd's not going to be a player you're going to own in 2021. Really, really simple. He is, in my eyes, the most relevant player uh, across your salary cap formats of the game. If you want to read the article, it is online for you now at coachespanel.tv. All the links to go back and read every single player. You can find that there. All the podcast episodes of every single one of the players we have done you can go back and check them out. We have been so incredibly humbled by the great support uh, of people across the fantasy footy community. We have had people, not just from the coaches panel, where you've heard Kane every second day. It feels like he's been on with me or Rids or Jimmy or, or Tim, just to name a, a couple and band members of the coaches panel. But we've also been really, really lucky that great support from people from across the fantasy community have jumped on board and helped out. Louis, of course, a fellow panelist, you've been hearing and getting to know him, statesman of the draft doctors stevie fizz of the draft doctors great to have both those boys on the phantom has been in we've had uh, who else let dog from jeff reynolds has been involved rain man i think i've already mentioned him uh, mcgrath has jumped on board from the dt shiva uh, jimmy our, our fellow panelist hef from the keeper league pod and i'm sure i've probably forgotten others but we are just so incredibly grateful for a really incredible fantasy footy community that has been on the journey with us through the 50 most relevant and kane and Terids, i appreciate your support behind the scenes jumping on these podcasts and and talking with me uh through these players over the past 50 days well done mj you've made it for another year should be very proud well it's we all just love chatting fantasy footy don't we that's why we do this the good news is there's still plenty of podcasts coming from the coaches panel it's not just going to be me with one or two of the members we're assembling the panel justice league style now the weekly maybe multiple weekly podcast episodes are coming where we don't just talk about a specific player strategy conversations now they start to really deep dive in now we start to get some greater wisdom from the panel we'll open up to some draft conversations and a bunch of other stuff that is going to be landing for you via wherever you get this podcast episodes that's where you can get them to it coachespanel.tv there'll be articles dropping from me and an absolute bucket load of members from the coaches panel. They'll be dropping. In fact, tomorrow, I'll tell you one that's already dropping. 10 players that were unlucky to miss the 50 most relevant. There, I'm telling you who are some 10 players. There's probably about 45, but there were 10 players that were unlucky to miss the 50. Who are they? I'll tell you about them on coachespanel.tv. Hey, MJ. Yes. Is Dan Lloyd in that? No, and neither's Lloyd Meek. It's like the Simpsons episode. It's the no homers club, but we're allowed to have one. We can have one Lloyd in the 50 most relevant. And I've chosen Jake. Sorry, mate. Well done. 
Thank you, everybody. <laughs> hey, thanks for being on the journey with us. Thank you to my fellow panelists. Thank you to ultimately for you for listening, for streaming, for downloading, for supporting. We love doing fantasy footy conversations with you, and there are plenty more to come ahead of round one.